I'm Jaren. And I'm Chris. And, and this, this is The Barca Lounge. It's your one-stop destination for everything for the 90s sitcom known as Friends. The Barker Lounge. It's me, Jaren. And it's me, Chris. And we're happy to have you here yet again on another lovely Friday to talk about one of our favorite shows. TGIF, man. How are you feeling today, Chris? I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? Pretty decent. You know, can't complain. We're healthy. We're out here on this lovely evening. We got the free time and the luxury to record this for y'all. And uh, be safe doing it. Yeah. Of course, we're not wearing masks in our own house. That would be really weird. Yeah, it'd be really hard to talk. But anyway, it's been a week. So, guys, uh, I do want to say thank you to all our followers and listeners who have recently... Ooh, ooh joined our instagram page we expanded and our platforms so i do want to remind you guys that's a charcoal in the background shout out to charcoal providing the lovely chimes <laughs> um but yeah so just want to remind you guys apart from spotify anchor.fm radio public breaker overcast pocket cast we're filling up um what's it called itunes podcast we are hey. now on google Podcasts as well whoop, whoop. So, thank you guys, and um, yeah, as always, just follow us on Instagram for those updates. All right, let's keep it moving. And on that note, time to jump in to the next episode of Friends, episode four, titled The One with George Stephanopoulos. <sighs> That's a very unique name, don't you think? Oh. So the first scene starts off in Central Perk, and of course Rachel's on the clock once again. Or, you know, hardly <laughs> working, as they would say. And the gang is talking about omnipotent. <laughs> that word took, omnipotent. Took, took me a while to, to learn how to say that. but uh, Like if you try to say it like three times fast, it'll definitely <laughs> catch you up. Omnipotent. <laughs> So basically, Joey walks in on this, and they're all asking each other, "What would you do if you had unlimited powers?" Which is what if you were omnipotent. Omnipotent <laughs> means what would you? What would yours be? Do you, Do you have one off the top of your head? Uh, that well, that depends on like how many options it would give us, because you know I would go for like I think they uh, had like said like three maybe in there. They were all giving like their top three. Yeah, but then, like, Chandler gives the answer that I feel like I would <laughs> give in this situation. Like, like he's the guy, as Rachel would say, the guy who wished for three wishes or wished for unlimited power. Right. Oh, yeah. Every, it's like, then you one. would never have to do it again. You're set. <laughs> yeah, that would be you. I don't know. If I had to choose one, I was kind of thinking about it earlier. It was um, for everybody to be healthy in the world. It's kind of, you know. That's a very generous power. That's a very generous power. Definitely be down with that. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah. 
So anyway, uh, Joey was a little confused, and he had, and he's like, I think they were, uh, Monica had asked him, yeah, what would you do if you were omnipotent? And Joey said, well, what did he say? He was like, I'd be dead, or I don't know what he said. <laughs> he basically didn't understand what that meant. Um, so but, little... uh, you know, uh, instead of us trying to describe it, uh, why don't we just let us, uh, let him say it himself? Chandler, what about you? Uh, if I were omnipotent for a day, I'd make myself omnipotent forever. <laughs> See, there's always one guy. If I had a wish, I'd wish for three more wishes. <laughs> Hey, Joey. Hey, buddy. Hey, Joey, what would you do if you were omnipotent? Probably kill myself. <laughs> oh, Joey, Joey, Joey. It's like a kind of a <laughs> sharp reaction. So clearly, Joey's there with his regular misunderstanding. Yeah, but you know what? Still friends, right? <laughs> so right here we have the intro. Insert the theme song. Da, na, na, na. Insert the theme song. It's four. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, we come back to the coffee house where Ross and Monica are just idolizing how Phoebe is napping. She looks so peaceful, so docile. And they're just like, man, I wish I could sleep like that. And then all of a sudden, Phoebe wakes up like, whoa. Everybody's like, they kind of just got startled Kind of have like the guinea pig effect. Like, why is everyone watching me sleep? Yeah, and then... I'm like, yeah, you know, you look so peaceful. She's like, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't get any sleep. Like, so she, so in this uh, moment of friends, Phoebe lives with her grandma. And apparently her grandma and grandma's boyfriend uh. are having some insecurities, apparently, with each other. So when they are doing stuff at night, Phoebe can't sleep. <laughs> She's. She makes it very clear in this episode, which was pretty funny. So. Very rude awakening. Yeah. I've been feeling dry, baby. <laughs> and so Joey and Chandler come in. They're excited because they f- pretend or assume that it was Ross's birthday. He's like, hey, <laughs> buddy, happy birthday. Let's go to the hockey game. Like, have you ever had friends <laughs> do this to you? It's like you totally become the third wheel or, like, the proxy yeah. add-on guy to a situation just by circumstance. Right. Or it's like, uh, you weren't originally invited, <laughs> but uh, we're going to do a, a homie move and be like, hey, here you go, buddy. You know, right. it's your happy cousin's birthday, uh... twice removed bar mitzvah. <laughs> and so Ross, like, looks at the date and he's like, dude, my birthday was seven months ago. And so they're like, well, okay, whatever, like, just come with us anyways, you know, it's the hockey game, and so... It's like, oh, Captain Killjoy, you know, maybe just come to the hockey game. And so Ross notices the date on the ticket. Now, we're gonna focus a lot on Ross in this episode, and And, here's uh, why. And, he's having a little trigger moment here. So as you all know, Ross is divorced, and it happens to be October 20th. And it's the day that they consummated their love for each other. Significant date. (laughs) So from that moment, Ross was just bummed out. Like everything just started to remind him of Carol. So guys encourage him like, hey, come on, let's just go get your mind off of it. And so before they leave the door, Rachel comes out. Guys, you guys, I got my first check. So, of course, everybody's, like, cheering her on, like, Yeah, you know, like, we're, what, four episodes in now? So, like, we've been building up to this moment. Rachel's been, like, gaining her independence slowly. 
know, grinding by herself, working at the coffee shop, finally, like, realizing the significance of a dollar. Yeah, and so she was super excited, you know, as she's opening the envelope, she's like, man, I've wiped tables for this, you know, I've mopped Yeah, you know, she's like, I'm gonna pay you guys back, (laughs) we're gonna go out, I'm gonna go shopping, everything's awesome. And then she notices her check is not as much as she would thought. Like, you see the immediate change in facial expression. It's priceless. She's like, Who, who's FICA? Why does FICA have all my money? Chandler, look at this. Taxes are amazing. <laughs> oh, man. And so everybody was trying to make her feel good. Like, they all looked at her check, and they're all like, Oh, yeah, that's yeah. not bad for a first job. Or Good job, good. buddy. We're going to put this check <laughs> right here, right here on the fridge. Right, and Ross is like, um, yeah, that, 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 you can totally live off of this. <laughs> yeah, like, I love how, like, no one's hiding the fact that everyone's being a little condescending. Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as that kind of changed right there, um, everybody decided to hand her, like, an extra tip. Good job today, by yeah, the but way. They like super embellish how they're putting the tip in. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like they're dropping twenties and stuff. It's like, come on. You know what? Um, it reminds me. Like, what? What was your like reaction when you got your first check? I and mean, what did you do with your money? Oh man, like I was uh, seventeen when I did my first job. I mm-hmm. my job started as an internship and then turned into my first job. So mm-hmm. like straight out of high school, I was like on the path to that bag. <laughs> but nice. uh when i got my first check uh, it was funny like uh music was a was a high commodity in my life at that point so first thing i did was uh go down to my local best buy and buy every cd that i couldn't afford before nice had to start building that collection that's really cool uh for me was definitely like my first job was yeah, about 16, I had, like, the, the school permit to work till, like, 9 p.m. Uh, but anyways, my first check, I remember spending it on, like, shoes and stuff for dance because I was still dancing at the time, and I, like, whatever, like, new tap shoes or, you know, it was all my... Shoes were, like, my thing at the time, like, collecting. Of course. Um, <laughs> you know, and then to go out because star shots, so... Star shots, <laughs> man. Yeah. If we're not dating ourselves by any means. I know. Crazy. So, but it felt nice to have that independence. You know, my parents were like, try to put a little bit away. But... Everyone's feverishly looking up star shots right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so the guys end up leaving. You know, they're about to go to the hockey game. And three girls, three uppity girls walk into the coffee shop. And guess who they're looking for? It's funny, like, because you're not even thinking about who they're looking for because you're too busy paying attention to their wild mating call. Yeah. <laughs> you can already tell just by the appearance, right? But um, it's three old like, friends. Ah! <laughs> like, I think I was, like, sort of close. It's like a half Xena warrior princess, half uh, seagull. Yeah. <laughs> gosh total it does compare i mean they're like rachel oh my gosh ah. yeah i guess that's close <laughs> but um you know they're like we knew we'd find you here like i guess their mom uh, rachel's mom told them where they could find her and where she moved to which i think is kind of weird it's like thanks mom for like immediately right? giving strangers my location yeah and so <laughs> 
you know, Rachel notices that they seem to be a little more in the traditional aspect. One is pregnant, one's engaged, one's got you know, they're all pre- They're all pretty well-to-do. Like, yeah. each one of them seem like they're doing well in their individual lives. Oh, and let's not forget Monica and Phoebe in the background mocking them as how they entered with their I have elbows. <laughs> They're just kind of like taken back by like, oh, here we go, Rachel's old bougie friends. Like you know? Phoebe with the jabs. I love it though. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, while this is all happening, you know, this takes us to the streets where Ross, Chandler, and Joey are still walking, getting to the destination of the game. Um, and they walk by like different stores here, and Ross is just like. Every- oh, do they pass like a what is that clothing store or a wedding? Yeah, petite? yeah, it's like a clothing store where he sees like a pair of boots, and he's like, "Man, Carol had these boots," and like it just like bummed him out. And of course- like, uh, like if this was any other show, like this would be the part where they bust into like a slow jam and everything goes black and right? white in slow yeah. motion. Aww. I'm all out of the. <laughs> I could totally see that <laughs> happening with Ross though. So, like, of course, Chandler and Joey turn around and are like, hey, man, what's going on? We're going to be late for the game. What's yeah. happening here? And he does kind of like that slow kick with, like, that gloomy voice again. Okay. Like, this reminds me of Carol. <laughs> and then he sees, like, a piece of, like, peach fruit on the floor, like, on the like cement. A, it's a peach pit, I think. Yeah, or, or something. Then he's talking about nectarines. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, you guys, the peach pit. And Joey and Chandler are like, what like, are What you is the significance about? of this? Yeah, like, they act like they were there or something when they weren't. So, Ross is like, this is the first time that me and Carol were in a peach pit. And he's like, net pits nectarine. Okay, close. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, really in this part, like, again, it just it just shows you guys how low Ross is, how much he loves Carol and just loves like being in a he's relationship. He's really been dependent on this relationship. Like, it has literally been, like, this is the identity of my entire life, this relationship. Yeah. So now after the divorce, we're starting to see the side effects of, like, what it's like to not have this person in his life anymore. Now yeah. every single thing is like, you remind me of Carol. He's like, it's still, he's still getting used to it, you like know? Like, down to a bubblegum wrapper. It's so, getting rough. That, that's a little ouchy. Uh, so anyways, you know, we're back at the coffee house, and, you know, Rachel, on the clock. She's with her <laughs> gaggle of geese. On the clock, Her but, flock yeah. of seagulls. She, she joins her flock More of seagulls. More bird metaphors. <laughs> she joins her little flock to catch up and do a little update, you know, and they're pretty much just kind of questioning, like, okay, So like, what have you been doing with your life? Yeah. And here's where it kind of comes in, like, the kind of judginess of the old friends, Kind of, like, not seeing the significant strides Rachel's taken to, like, grow as a person and gain, like, her own freedom. And, like, especially financial freedom from her dad. Yeah. Whereas they're kind of looking at her like, what's wrong with taking advantage of, like, the way things have been? Yeah. Like, how come you're not following the path, in quotes? Well, listen to this, guys. When are you coming home? What? Guys, I'm not. <laughs> Come on. This is us. I'm not. This is what I'm doing now. I've got this job. Waitressing? Okay, I'm not just waitressing. I mean, I'm... I, um... I write the specials on the specials board and... <laughs> So, 
Rachel, you know, I'm proud of her for being firm. I mean, it seemed like she was kind of hesitant at first. Yeah, you can still see there's, like, some doubt there. She's still worried about how her friends are reacting to her new lifestyle. Yeah. But she realizes, you know what? Like, I'm good. Like, I'm I'm here. Like, this is what I want to do. And then it makes her independent. So she was really firm about that. And that pretty much ended the scene right there. Uh, we're back at Monica's. ground. Yep. We're back at Monica's house now. And of course, they're asking Rachel how the reunion went. And insert mocking of the... <laughs> Phoebe and Monica are like messing with Rachel again and so I have elbows <laughs> um, but in this episode I mean in this part of the episode womp womp is when uh, they get a call from the credit card company Da-da-da. and Monica answers the phone and she's you know they want to talk to Rachel and they're just like, we've noticed some unusual activity on your credit card, Miss Green. We noticed you haven't. Never a good thing. <laughs> and then they're like, we've noticed you haven't been using it for like three months or six months. <sighs> Damn, it's awkward. <laughs> and this kind of shows you guys how independent Rachel has been. She's like, yeah, I know. I'm aware. Like, I'm good. Like, she's like not even <laughs> trying to spend it's like, it. Like, you sure? Are you? Do you got a cold? Um, but deep down inside. In that moment, you know, she was a little, like, miserable because she was still kind of taken back about what her friends were saying. Yeah, which sucks, especially when it's, like, people you've grown up with or have a really close relationship with and, like, they can, like, support you with what choices you make. She never thought that this is where she would have to start over, right? And so Monica and Phoebe are trying to comfort her, um, you know. But anyways, while that's happening, the guys are at the game. You know, and Chandler at this point is getting tired of Ross, like, complaining about how everything reminds him of Carol. I'm about to say, you can only take so much of a person, like, kind of drowning in it. Yeah, and, like, Ross looks at his ticket, and he's like, This ticket reminds me. Oh, no. And then Chandler's like, what, what? Did something happen again with Carol? I'm Eeyore. (laughs) And Ross is like... No, I was just going to say we're not all sitting together. Like, that was it. I was like, really, man? I mean, he was just like one seat behind them. But anyways, they're talking about how he's miserable there. And during the game, they're like trying to tell him, like, dude, just focus on the game. Like, we'll be fine. And yeah, you they know, do. the whole point of coming to the game is like to take your mind off this whole thing. Yeah. Like, your friends are like taking an they effort. Trying. Even though it was kind of misguided initially. <laughs> but they're making an effort to like kind of like make you feel better. Yeah, they were definitely trying. And then freaking Ross, you know, doesn't get really lucky a lot. So the puck got landed and hit him in the mouth. Like in the jaw, like straight up just... I mean, depending on whose puck it was that hit you in the mouth, uh, it could go for some money any day. You know, um, we are talking yeah. 90s prices. Probably, but, you know, but obviously... dang, the price you had to pay to your dental yeah. plan. They had Ooh. to bring Ross to the ER, you know. Um, the the front desk nurse was like... Really going in on him? Yeah, she was rude. Like, they were like, hello, he's bleeding. And she's like, you're gonna have to wait your turn. And really, though, she was on the phone with, like, a candy company, like... You're like most really? hospital service these days. Yeah, like uh, I'm no, actually no in to our medical staff out there. Seriously. <laughs> um, so they're waiting and waiting, and you know we go back to the apartment where the girls are talking about life plans and like what's miserable and what's not, you know. And Phoebe and Monica are trying to tell them, tell Rachel what it is, and that you know 
you just gotta like live your life and figure it out and we're here and so you know, kind of have like that little moment with the girls you know some inner inner thoughts some perspective <laughs> Um, but in this part, uh, they actually get a pizza order at the door, and here we find out that it's not even theirs. Want to know why? It's Phoebe's <laughs> karma police again. They're coming no. back from the last episode. <laughs> the pizza delivery guy was like, oh no, you mean you didn't order this? This is supposed to, like, they, like, remember the topping or something of this, like, famous campaign dude, and they're like... It's George Stephanopoulos' pizza. Apparently he's a cute guy that lives across the street from them. Foreshadowing. Oh yeah, they're always like sitting out their balcony, kind of just stalking him from the window, like seeing what he's doing. So the pizza... No, it's better than the alternative uh, ugly naked guy. Oh, yeah, right? That's, yeah, that, he lives probably like right he's by him. He's always there. And so the pizza delivery guy's like, man, my dad's going to kill me. I guess I'll have to, like, deliver this to the right address. And they're like, no, it's okay. We'll keep it. <laughs> and so they keep of course. the pizza because it's the cute guys. Um, and, of course, Rachel didn't know who he was at first until Monica mentioned the campaign that he was in. She's like, oh, my God, he is so cute. And we're like, yeah, he lives across the street. <laughs> so, you know, kind of making it all matter-of-factly. It's like, oh, you know, he's just right across the street. Yeah, and so, you know, they pretty much go back to the hospital. Ross still hasn't been checked in yet. They're already, like, <laughs> confronting the nurse. Like, and she's just giving them a hard time. She's like, Phyllis At this out. point, you know, she's doing it on purpose now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and so we go back, you know to the scene of the balcony where the girls are just hanging out still like this part right here kind of goes just back, jumping and, back forth. and forth with the squad um it's kind of a, a tr- cross between them stalking george stephanopoulos and ross at the hospital still obsessing over carol while in pain but you know what i'd like to think during this time uh, the pain has given ross some perspective <laughs> yeah and then there was a moment like before we go back to the hospital scene anyway where the girls started like kind of just confessing to each other right because they're talking about life plans so they're trying to own up to like their dirty little secrets and stuff like that and personal goals <laughs> and so monica's like you know they figured okay hey we're all being open and honest here so uh phoebe as you all know she's vegetarian monica's like you remember that pad thai vegetarian pad thai I made a long time ago <laughs> phoebe's like uh-huh well it had goose Oh my god! was like, "What?" And then like all the can of worms just started going off. So then Rachel's like, "I never come up for me. I wanted when I was five, and then the sky wasn't really blue." Oh my gosh! And then Rachel goes and confesses too. She's like, "You remember that note that you thought was from Tom in high school? It was from me." And Monica's like, "What?" Dang, that one's actually kind of shady. Yeah, dude, and then um, and then Phoebe confesses that she's sleeping with one of the dudes that Rachel slept with, and she's like, "What, Phoebe?" And Phoebe's like, "What? You're not with him oh, anymore." Oh, it's good to see the sloppy seconds philosophy is alive <laughs> and well. So that's just like a little juicy part of the episode where they kind of do. That's where you guys kind of learn a little bit of a confession of the girls, anyway. Kind of dishing. Um, but we go back to the hospital. You know, he finally gets like this like brace on him. You know, he's got it all I want to say out. it kind of makes him look like Dr. Doom from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. Like, I couldn't really stop seeing the visual. Like, if you want to, like, pause your television screens on that part, yeah. uh, you're in for a treat. 
comic book fan's a delight. He does look like him. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is weird. I just picked him. All he him. needs is, like, the green cape. <laughs> um, but anyway, so while they're still waiting for, like, the paperwork to be finished, you know, um, they try to mention, like, well, hey, see, at least you didn't have, like, a complete bad day. And Ross is, like, over here still looking bummed out. And Chad's like, dude, come on. Like, seriously. At this point, you just got to get over it, man. Yeah, like, why are you so hung up on this date? Like, I get it. It's the first time you guys did it. Like, but, like, seriously, get over it. But that's when another truth bomb drops here. And so Ross finally admits out loud. There's more emphasis than you think, guys. He goes, well, it's because it's also my... My first time with Carol was was my first time, and it was like bum 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 bum. <laughs> and you know, Joey, bum, delayed bum. reaction. Of course, he still doesn't get it. <laughs> he's yeah, like, so it's your first time. What do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, oh. oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, that was pretty much why it was such a sentimental thing for Ross. Um, you know, he, that's why he was sensitive all day, which can kind of understand big moment for anyone it's your first time you know and that to him it, it meant something so you know he had to kind of get over that but anyway so small they're about steps, to leave small steps they're about to leave and they're like hey guys what happened to my pocky my my, my puck pocky. <laughs> pocky sounds good right about now <laughs> um but he's trying to figure out what happened to the puck because i mean even though it hit him like it's still a puck from the hockey game like the Rangers were playing. You know, with it. keep it. It's like a good luck charm, <laughs> right? You know, if you can't sell it on eBay. Yep. And so, um, a little kid in the background had it, and Ross is trying to get it back. Like, hey, kid, that's mine. <laughs> that's what you thought, right? And then you know, little boy is smart. He goes, "Finders keepers, losers weepers." Like a classic uh, schoolyard <laughs> philosophy that will never die. Um, and you know, Ross didn't settle for trying to take it. I mean, to give it back, just to leave it with the kid. He was like, "Nope, I'm, I'm getting He's this like, I'm back." Adamant about this we're gonna fight so he tries (laughs) like so hard to just get it back that instead the puck hits the front desk nurse almost like uh, cosmic karma striking again shout out to phoebe yeah literally right where they freaking (laughs) the mean nurse like same as ross now she's got the same thing well that's what she gets she was pretty mean so Except I don't think she gets the cool uh, Doctor Doom mask. <laughs> so at this point, you know, the episode's pretty much done, but we end in Monica's apartment where they're playing Twister. You know. The hot spot. That's a fun game. I Throw mean, back, y'all. Look yeah. that commercial up. There's even like a funny part where Joey kind of looks like he's in a very naughty position. So Twister. The hot game. Play with your friends. Uh, but anyway, they're, you know, the credit card company calls once again to ask for I Rachel. I think it's, like, really unusual that your credit card company's like, hey, uh, we noticed you're not spending enough. You should spend more. Are you spending yet? <laughs> they're like, no. Buy things. Do it. She's like, I'm good. Like, oh, really? Oh, like, like they're trying to, like, smooth her, like, persuade her over the phone. And she's like, no, I'm good. And she I wish mentions- my credit card company would honey dick me. Right? Jeez. <laughs> and like, so share she, the wealth. And she mentions to them, and of course they don't understand, but it pretty much ends with her saying she's got her beanstalk. Because just like the episode, she was taught that she can do it on her own. Hey, one step closer yeah. to total independence.
on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to bring yet another episode of The Barka Lounge to a close. Yeah. That's a pretty cool episode, huh? Yeah. Yeah, lot of shifting perspectives here. And uh, I love how we see a little growth from Ross and Rachel. True. Slowly for Ross, but, you know, it's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Long way to go. So, yeah, what was your take on this episode? Um, like, uh, to continue what I was saying before, uh, a lot of shifting perspectives, but I like how, uh, in between the, these little growth moments with Ross and Rachel, we were getting, uh, little character shine moments, like Joey with his continuous aloofness, like Phoebe always jumping in with, like, random, uh, abstract character context. <laughs> Yeah, especially with her grandma. And then, the Chan Man. Yeah. It's like, uh, my persona character, as you would say. Like, I can always count on him to, like, keep the sarcasm going strong. True. But I feel like this was definitely just, like, uh, Ross Rachel arc filler. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely learn a little bit more about them, too. I mean... Nothing that we don't already know from the beginning episodes, but... Just more emphasis. Just more, like, little details, exactly. Um, For me, personally, uh, what made, like, my review on this is really... um, I kind of related to it in a way where it made me reminisce about, you know, having to learn the value of a dollar, you know? So that right there was... um, It was pretty cool seeing that with Rachel in, in her moment even though she was a little ashamed at first so i i like that about her she she's humble you gotta you gotta you gotta grow yeah so walk before you can run pretty good episode and you know ross just gotta hang in there buddy <laughs> <laughs> like we said before long way to go and yeah so that was the episode with george stephanopoulos 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 thank you guys again for tuning in on yet another episode with us. We look forward to seeing you every Monday and every Friday. Stay tuned for the next one, guys. It's gonna be a doozy.
<laughs> what do you mean? To... <laughs> it's Friday. Put the intro in. <laughs> Bloop. Damn it. Okay, I'm going to try this again for the beginning. How are you guys doing? You're having a good night? <laughs> I'm having a good night. 